Would you please stand as family enters? Thank you. Please be seated. Just a brief word of welcome and thank you for being here on this uh, very special day to celebrate this very special life. Uh, Kenneth and Evelyn Muncy are such a blessing to this church family, and that blessing and that memory will continue long after today and after Kenneth's passing. Uh, we will be singing some congregational songs. We invite you to um, sing as well. And uh, certainly welcome those who are watching live stream. I know some of the family and some of our West Irwin family as well are uh, being able to be a part of this service online. And so we're grateful for those making that uh, possible. I'd like to share that today's selections from the family were well thought out as they prepared for this service for Brother Muncie. And Evelyn asked that I might share the purpose for the choosing of the hymns that we'll be singing. The first song is Each Step I Take. And Evelyn told me for a number of years now, on the Sunday mornings, she and Brother Muncie would listen to pre-recorded music as they were preparing for worship and getting their minds set for coming here to this very place to worship their Lord. And this became one of their all-time favorites. And how appropriate to know, each step I take, my Savior goes before me. And it certainly showed in the life of Brother Muncie that the Lord did lead his every step. And he followed so faithfully. The second selection is... This world is not my home. And Evelyn said that was just a favorite that they each had. And how appropriate for a setting like today. Brother Muncie lived for this day. He lived here, but he knew where his real home was. And then the last selection we'll be singing this afternoon is Amazing Grace. And she said that song is just a family tradition. On both sides of the family... This is just a selection that has always been chosen to be sung at a funeral service. So let's sing together each step I take.
Would you pray with me, please? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the occasion that we're here. We thank you for the promise that you have given us in life. And we thank you that you have the power to deliver. It's only in Christ that we can come to a day like today and give thanks. For in your sights it is precious that Kenneth is headed to you now, Father. We thank you for this gathering. We thank you for the safe travel that you have provided us to get here. We thank you for the time that you have given us with Kenneth. The example of his faith, the example of his service, the example of his love, his love for you, his love for his family, his love for his brothers and sisters in Christ, and his love for the world. A quiet man that... uh, probably said more with his life and the example that he gave and for that we are so grateful we ask your blessings on his family we ask for for peace we pray that uh, that you will be with him over the next few days that all those things that have to be attended to, we just ask that you bless them and be with them and make those things easier. We seek your comfort and we seek your presence today. We are so grateful that, uh, that you're here with us and we're grateful for your son. And we're grateful that that Kenneth believed every word that you gave him through your scripture. We are grateful that Kenneth gave the right example as a father, as a husband, as a brother in Christ. And we just ask you to, to bless this family today. You are a great God. It is an honor and a privilege to serve you. And we love you so much. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I asked Evelyn if I could share one story with you before I read the obituary. It's the story where I almost sent Kenneth to an early grave. (laughs) I know some of y'all don't know this story and the other are probably shocked. That's a great way to start. But Kenneth one day came to me and says, Donnie, I want to help out a little. I want to help out at the Benevolent Center. And I says, well, I told him what all we had to do, and he picked the hardest thing to do, loading groceries from the food bank and bringing it back to our food pantry. And so one day it was pretty hot, pretty warm, and we pulled up, and I decided that day that I wasn't going to pull my trailer. I was just going to put my truck, didn't have very much to go, and so we loaded it up and backed up to the doors at the Benevolent Center, and somebody had to get up in that truck to kind of bring stuff to the end of the truck. Well, I don't know if Kenneth was the fastest or the youngest guy there that day, but he was the quickest. He jumped in that truck. And, of course, he had to bend over a lot to pick up stuff and load it to the back. And so Kenneth got through with that, and he walked in the pantry, and he sat down in a chair, and he passed out. And, man, I just, I I couldn't believe it. I mean, here I am over in charge of the Benevolence Center, and it was going to be my first workers' comp case or something, you know. And so we worked on on Kenneth. Odie was there that day. Odie remembers this day. And we finally got him revived, and he came up. And so I was looking at him, and he just, he had that blank look on his face. You know, you could tell it was a hard thing for him to do, you know. And I could see he wanted to say something, so I got down there right beside him, and I was expecting some kind of great spiritual insight, like, take care of my family, Donnie, or whatever. And he looked at me, he goes, don't tell Evelyn. (laughs) 
and I just put my hands on my hips and says, well, Kenneth, I says, I'm more scared of Evelyn than you. <laughs> Don't tell Evelyn. I'll never forget that story. And when I see Kenneth again, I'm going to remind him to put me under such pressure. Kenneth passed away Monday, April 17th. 2023 in Tyler. He was born August the 6th, 1942 in Watonga, Oklahoma to George R. and Mary Rowena Muncie. Kenneth was a member of the West Irwin Church of Christ here in Tyler. He graduated from Southwestern Oklahoma State University in Weatherford, Oklahoma with his bachelor's degree and from the University of Texas at Arlington with his master's degree. He was the director of computer services of Tyler Junior College. Kenneth was preceded in death by his father, George R. Muncie, his mother, Mary Rowena Muncie, his infant sister, Janie Muncie, his sister, Mary Ann Caldwell, he survived by his loving family, including his wife of 57 years, Evelyn, his daughter, Lisa Yoakum, and husband, Dwight, of Chickasha, Chickasha, Oklahoma, his son, Michael Muncie, and wife, Stacy of White House, grandchildren, Joshua Yoakum, and wife, Madison, of Edmond, Oklahoma, Tanya Yoakum of Chickasha, Oklahoma, Matthew Yoakum of Chickasha, Oklahoma, Kayla Alford and husband Russell of Lindale, Sarah Sims of Hawkins, Jason Jackson Muncie of White House, great-grandchildren Bryson Alford, Rayleigh Alford, Avery Alford of Lindale, brother Wayne of, and wife Connie of South Lake, and numerous nieces and nephews. His pallbearers will be Joshua Yoakum, Matthew Yoakum, Jackson Muncie, Russell Alford, Chris Muncie, and Sean Muncie. Honorary pallbearer will be Bryson Alford. Thank you. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My
Scripture says, as Donnie alluded earlier, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. That is certainly true of our brother and friend, Kenneth Muncie. As I spoke with Evelyn and Lisa and Mike and Stacy about this service this past Tuesday, this verse seemed to strike a chord with them. And it's easy to see why. Anyone who knows Kenneth and Evelyn, I believe, would describe them as precious. Clearly, Kenneth was a faithful servant of God and follower of Christ, and I believe that the Lord considers his life and now his death as precious in his sight. John records in Revelation a voice from heaven saying to him, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. And Kenneth has plenty of deeds that follow him, having lived a life of faithful obedience to his Lord. But our brother is not just resting from his labors and deeds. He also now is enjoying rest from the pain and difficulties of failing health. And this family draws great comfort in knowing that, as Evelyn said, he is now in a better place. It's during these times of faith and loss that the psalmists give us such comfort. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. The poet has written, "'Tis the human touch in this world that counts, the touch of your hand with mine, which means far more to the fainting heart than shelter and bread." And wine. For shelter is gone when the night is o'er, and bread lasts only a day. But the touch of your hand and the sound of your voice live on in the soul always. Kenneth loved his Lord Jesus Christ. He loved the church, and he loved his family. I suppose you could say in some ways he was old school. He was always strong, always the protector when it came to his family and especially to Evelyn. He didn't talk much, but when he did, it was in that quiet, confident voice. As was said, Kenneth and Evelyn were married 57 years, and it would have been 58 this next May 29th. The year they were married, graduation was on a Friday night in Weatherford, Texas, and they drove to Springtown and were married the next night. They had to buy him a pair of shoes because he had forgotten to take his. 
Evelyn said they ran down the aisle of the church after the ceremony, something very unusual for them. And all of us who know Kenneth and Evelyn cannot imagine that happening. And Evelyn said they were never really sure why they did that. Kenneth enjoyed gardening, having grown up in Oklahoma on a cotton and wheat farm. And he definitely had a sweet tooth. He loved his Dairy Queen Oreo blizzards. And he loved cherry cobbler, of course, with the generous helping of Bluebell vanilla ice cream on it. Evelyn said that even if they still had some Bluebell left in the freezer, he would get a new carton just to be sure that they didn't run out. Kenneth excelled in the IT and computer world. He started out at Tarrant County Junior College as a computer programmer and ultimately was the director of computer services here at TJC, as was said. And he passed along his love of math and his study and work ethic to Mike and Lisa. At the dinner table, he would play a game with them they called Math Facts, where he would quiz them on math problems. Now, I know for some, that doesn't sound like a very fun game at all. And it became a joke as they got older. But they know that it was done out of love, and it helped them learn this very important skill They said that their dad never allowed them to have a calculator. Math would be done in their heads and with pencil and paper. The one exception was when Lisa took a trigonometry course in college and was required to have a calculator. After establishing it was a requirement of the teacher for the course, her father relented. Kenneth was a role model and an example for his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, and his nieces and nephews. He was elated with each new birth, including the grandson that, as I understand it, is still the only one who ever had his diaper changed on the table. I'm sure there's more to that story. Kenneth loved his grandkids and great-grandkids. He was excited to know that the Muncie name would be carried on. And he wanted baby Yochum included on the Christmas list of exchanging presents even while still in the womb. He loved going to the football games in White House. The family says he was a wonderful husband and dad, uncle, grandfather, and great-grandfather. You all have a great example and heritage of faith in granddad and grandmother. What a blessing. His family said Kenneth was a gentleman to the end. Ladies go in first, and a gentleman holds the door open for them. Even with failing health, he insisted on that. Always strong, always the protector. He was so excited that his family came together to celebrate his 80th birthday and so looked forward to that. This past Christmas, everyone was together for the first time in a while, just as he wanted Kenneth did something that few of us do. He wrote his autobiography. You perhaps saw that earlier. He titled it Tidbits because it contained tidbits of his life on every page. And even lately, he would pick it up at times and read some out of it. That was something special to him and to Evelyn, and I know tidbits will be a family treasure always. Kenneth continued to say the blessing before the meal, even recently. In failing health and at the end of his life, still he had a sense of thankfulness and gratitude, devotion, and peace. He and Evelyn faithfully attended our Bible classes and worship assemblies and other activities here at West Irwin. The group that prepared and served the family's lunch today is the group that Kenneth and Evelyn were a part of and worked with doing this same act of love and service for others that they enjoyed today. We would usually arrive about the same time for church, and I would say hello to them in the parking lot. I loved seeing Kenneth in my Bible classes and here at church. I will miss his quiet smile and his encouraging words. Toward the end of his own life, The Apostle Paul wrote these words contained in 2 Timothy, probably the last book he wrote before being killed for the cause of Christ. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 
Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Certainly that could all be said of our brother Kenneth Muncy. He fought the good fight. He finished his race. He kept the faith. And now for him, there is the crown of righteousness. Toward the end of the Bible are these words from the last two chapters of the book of Revelation. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Kenneth and Evelyn's favorite song, as Davy has shared, is one we'll sing in just a few moments, Amazing Grace. The second song we sang today, just a moment ago, This World Is Not My Home, reminds me of the great honor roll of faith in Hebrews 11 and what it says about the great patriarchs and matriarchs of Old Testament times and how they looked ahead to their heavenly home. They were looking forward to the city with foundations, whose builder and maker is God. All these people, it says in Hebrews 11, were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. All these people were living by faith when they died, it says. You see, the faithful not only live by faith, but they die by faith. And our brother Kenneth Muncy did the same, looking for that city with foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Just as he lived by faith, he died by faith, knowing this world is not his home. Davy shared that Kenneth and Evelyn would listen to gospel music on Sunday mornings, and I believe Evelyn said that usually the first hymn that they heard was that first song that we sang earlier. And it epitomizes how they lived. Each step I take, I know that he will guide me. To higher ground he ever leads me on. Until someday the last step will be taken. Each step I take just leads me closer home. And now he is home. Kenneth was a gentle spirit. He lived his life with a quiet, confident assurance. It was seen in his smile, in his soft but self-assured voice, in the way he carried himself, in the way he lived his life, a quiet, confident assurance. And that's what I'll remember about our brother. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. As Jesus met with his closest disciples the night before he was crucified, he comforted them. And he comforts us today with these words, which are taken from John 14. It's in the handout that you received for the service today, and this was Kenneth's favorite passage of Scripture. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The chapter continues with Jesus saying, and where I go, 
you know, and the way, you know. One of his disciples, Thomas, said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your amazing grace. We praise you, Father, that you have created us, you sustain us. You had such a wonderful vision for how this earth should be and how humanity should be, and then we sinned and fell far short of that vision. But, Father, in your great love and in your amazing grace, you provided a way, even still, for us to have the opportunity to live for eternity with you, just as we were created to do. And so, Father, we're thankful for Jesus, for his life, for his death, for his resurrection, for the blood he shed for us, for the blood he shed for Kenneth. Father, we're thankful that Kenneth has lived such a a great life, a life that trusted in you for forgiveness, for help and encouragement, for salvation, and for life after death. And so, Father, we ask today that you would be with those that are gathered in this room, those that are watching, those that know and love this family and know and love this man. And we pray, Father, that you would bless them. We pray a special prayer for Evelyn. Father, there's a hole in her heart today that will never be filled. And yet, Father, we know that you are present with her and will bring her great comfort and encouragement and strength. And that will come through this family that loves her. That will come through this church family, through so many other loving friends. And so, Father, we're grateful. We ask, Father, that you would be with Lisa and Dwight, 
and that you would be with Mike and Stacy, and that you would be with all of Kenneth's family. We know, Father, that they will miss him. And we ask that you would bring them comfort and peace in the midst of their loss. We pray, Father, that you would be a loving presence in their lives and that they would lean on each other and lean on you and your word, your spirit, your church. Father, what a great blessing it is to know that this world is not our home, that all of us, whether it's for a little while or a long while, are are just passing through as these bodies were not created, not meant to live forever. But we know, Father, that you have given us a spirit. You have created us in your image. And that we will live forever. And we're grateful. Father, help this family to hold on to that promise. Help them, Father, to hold on to their memories of a husband, a brother, a father, an uncle, granddad, great-granddad. Help them, Father, that, um, that they will see in him an example of a quiet, assured presence One father that trusts in the one that is greater than us all. The one who made us. The one who saved us. The one who will bring us back to life. And Father, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.